Welcome to the Deepwater Podcast. I'm Dave Mercer. I'm James Judd. And our goal on this podcast is to learn to make disciples the way Jesus made disciples. Yes, sir. Well, thanks for joining us for another Deepwater Podcast. Today, Dave is going to be interviewing a friend of his by the name of Kevin. And uh, Kevin's been discipled for a long time and is also discipling people, being someone receiving and someone giving all at the same time. Has a lot of good things to share. I'll get you the interview in just a minute, but I do want to apologize. We had just some technical issues, and so our sound quality on this isn't as good as we like. And I do apologize for that. Now, on the interview, as you're listening to Kevin and Dave talk, I want you to listen for two things. Number one, how is Kevin finding people to disciple? And number two, how is Kevin using his time intentionally when his church is meeting? Listen to those things. I think you'll get some really good stuff out of it. So here is Dave and Kevin. All right, welcome to the Deepwater Podcast. I have with me today my friend Kevin Braddock. Hello, hello. Today, we are going to talk about a couple subjects. Uh, One, being teachable. That's trusting others enough to let them speak into your life and then actually do something about it. Wow. And two is making disciples in the church. So I've asked Kevin to help on both of these things because... Kevin, uh, how many bestseller Christian books have you written? Uh, 25. Oh, okay. Or, or none, but you know, <laughs> something, uh, something like that. And uh, you're, you're a professional, like you, you make your money from, you're a paid clergyman, right? I am not and have not been a paid clergyman. But you've been to seminary, right? I have not. But you've at least memorized the Bible or something, haven't you? Cover to cover. Or or a few verses here and there. Okay. Well, we're playing around here, but Kevin is an everyday guy, which pastors, by the way, are everyday guys, too. We can't forget that. But the reason I have Kevin on is because I've known him a long time. We went to college together. And what I was just trying to joke about there was he's he's a normal guy. He has a job, a family. But one thing he's been doing for the last, can we say two decades? Is it getting that far along now or a decade and a half? For my age purpose, uh, that's a, a very sobering <laughs> thing. But yes, that, that'd be about right. About the last two decades, he's been trying to in some way either make disciples or you know, be made a disciple, be a disciple of Christ. And if you stick at it that long, you've made mistakes and learned some things and done some things right. Hopefully. So like... Like Bilbo Baggins on his journey to the Misty Mountain, you've got a you've got a story and you've learned some things. You've got some things to share. You've got some battle scars. So I just threw Kevin a list of topics and the two that rose to the surface, like we say, being teachable and making disciples in the context of a local church. So, uh, Kevin, let's get started. That sounds great. Kevin, first of all, thanks for losing a little extra sleep this morning to come and join. Uh, well worth it. Glad to be a part and just participate where I can. And yeah, like you said, Dave, you know, our friendship uh, goes uh, way back and it's exciting places the Lord has taken you and taken me. And I've certainly enjoyed uh, listening to y'all's podcast the last couple months. So I'm happy to be here. Great. Well, let's let's get started being teachable. Um, once again, this is a word that I, 
I'm not sure that every Christian circle uses. Uh, we, depending on what denomination you're from, we all kind of have our different sets of words and phrases and cliches. So once again, this word teachable, it's pretty self-explanatory, but it's just the idea that, you know, are you willing in your life to receive instruction from others? Are you willing to to trust someone? This is really what it comes down. Are you willing to trust someone enough to let them speak into your life, not just in things that are obvious, but things that, you know, hey, they're coming at it from a different perspective. Uh, they may suggest that you need to try something new. They may suggest that there's a, a bad habit or an action, an attitude, or, you know, maybe even a sin to put off. Or they may suggest, hey, if you want to, you know, make disciples, this is something that will help you in your life. So, you know, as people, we don't like change. And from our vantage point, uh, Proverbs tells us that every man thinks he's right in his own eyes. Every man in his own eyes is right. So being teachable is no easy thing when Proverbs tells us from the get-go that, well, I already know I'm right. So, so Kevin, the mic is yours, buddy. This subject of um, being teachable, it, where have, what are your thoughts on it these days? What would you say to the people listening? Uh, just help them get a deeper attitude of being willing to be taught, being willing to be shown things in life in a discipleship relationship, really with anyone in the body of Christ so they can grow. Well, one of the things my uh, mentor, his, his name is Peter, one of the things that, that he's said, you know, we've, we've met several years now and, um, you know, we have recurring themes. Well, anyway, one of the, the themes that he has uh, mentioned is, you know, I can help someone if they are open to the Word of God. Uh, I can help someone if they know if they're willing to receive the counsel and the feedback that I'm giving them from the get-go it may not be something where I'm agreeable to uh to meet with you and and be taught by your biblical wisdom so to speak but over time it's going to be apparent that this person is is willing to receive the feedback receive the counsel open scripture together on on a topic indirectly be you know, showing that that you're willing to be to be taught. Uh, being teachable is a hard thing. I, I think it's a continuous process. You know, much like sanctification at, at large, having the humility to realize you don't have all the answers. We have two ears, one one mouth. You know, we need to be listening a lot more than than we are speaking. Uh, so it's something that I do struggle with. I think my wife feels like I do a better a better job than than she does, but. I can listen well. I can take notes well, which I do. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's still a difference of taking good notes and actually applying it to your life. My dad has said for years, hey, son, I'm giving you advice. But just because I'm giving you advice doesn't necessarily mean that you need to, to run with it. You know your situation better than I do to know what fits the situation, what doesn't. So to some extent, you know, just because my dad or Peter or whomever uh, may be speaking into my life, I certainly need to be before the Lord with, you know, is this something that, that I need to apply or is this something that, that may not fit for me? But in any case, I need to be teachable in the first place to even hear mm -hmm. the counsel. And certainly there are times where, you know, Peter's bringing up a topic that isn't something that I'm particularly excited about talking about. But because we talk about life and various things that are going on, anyway, just talking different parts of life and different things that are going on, He'll ask me questions about those various things and kind of tee, tee up the subjects. 
yeah, at, at times I don't I don't want to be teachable long. So again, it's a a living process. I'm sure a better phrase than I'm, than I'm looking for uh, for it. But anyway, it's uh, you have to be continually before the Lord uh, to be teachable. And uh, you know, as you said earlier, Dave, you know we we had studies back in the day on on being fat people, F A T, faithful, available, mm-hmm. and teachable. And so it's it's yeah. it's an old concept as far as the being aware of the topic may be concerned, but I think it's a continuous process of today will I choose to choose to listen and choose to 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 be humble to realize that I don't I don't have it all uh, I need help I need I need perspective I need counsel I'm I'm not an island uh, I need somebody to speak into my life and I need to be willing to to hear yeah there was a author, a speaker that we really enjoyed in college, John Lynch. You probably remember him. Yes, I do. In one of his books, which actually I came into contact with a lot later. By the way, I'll do a little free book promo for John Lynch. It's uh, On My Worst Day by John Lynch. But in that book and in a lot of his subject matter, he talks about trusting other people. And we're, we're using this word teachable this morning. It really comes down to the willingness to entrust yourself to others, to be vulnerable. Kevin, what, what would you say like to this point, how when we talk about trusting God, it's obvious we should because, you know, he knows everything. But what does it look like to trust someone that you know like you as a flawed human who, like all of us, has mixed motives? Uh, they have, as your dad humbly admitted, limited perspective on where we're at in life. But that believer, that brother or sister still wants to speak into our life. Maybe that's part of the reason sometimes we don't listen. It's like, well, you're you're not God. You don't know my situation. What does it look like to trust someone who may be flawed or even have some some biases or but still maybe at the end of the day they're trying to they're doing everything they can to help us become more like Christ, to love us, to do what's in our best interest. Well, I think, you know, scripture's clear on you know, Jesus is, is the unseen, well, he's the seen God, but, you know, for, for today, you know, we walk by faith, not by sight. You, you know, but Matthew 9, you know, I'm trying to remember how it goes. When he saw the crowds that were harassed and helpless, uh, like sheep without a shepherd, then he said to the disciples, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out workers in, into the harvest field. The disciples were, in essence, the, the hands and feet, especially once, uh, once Jesus left. They were what people saw of Jesus. And so today, it's the same thing. You know, we, you know, we've, we've all heard the phrase, uh, you may be the only Jesus that people around you see. And so, and so the point is, yes, they're flawed. Yes, I'm flawed. As I reach into my children or others reach into me, uh, yes, we're, we are flawed vessels, but that's part of the commission that we have is that, that God wants to use us broken people in each other's lives. And so, yeah, we need to we need to be open to that. And a phrase that you and I heard years ago at OSU uh, still rings true. I still quote it quite often: "Eat the meat, throw out the bone." Mm-hmm. There, there will be bone. We all have it. And so, being aware of that uh, is is helpful. And again, you know, get the counsel. Yeah, there there will be some bone in there. But if you have already turned your mind off in the first place with not being willing to hear it at all. Then certainly you throw out the bone, good for you, uh, but you've also thrown out all the meat that's there. Yeah. And we are not humble people 
if we don't admit that there's some meat, to be honest, there's some meat to be had probably from lots of folks in our lives. Yeah. You know, family, family's tricky, but, but man, they, they know some stuff about <laughs> you that, yes. you know, Peter, uh, you know, he and I have met for over 10 years now. But so we, he's got all the dirt on you. But he's got all the dirt, right? Because we meet, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, every other week for, you know, a couple of hours. And so he knows all the ins and outs of me, right? No, he doesn't. He he knows what, what I let him in on. And, and I, I try to, but there's a lot of life that he doesn't see. You know, coworkers uh, see some of that. You know, my children see some of that. My wife, uh, my friends, people from church. Different people are seeing different aspects of me. Yes. And can have some good input if I will let them. Uh, and a teachable person certainly mm-hmm. uh, would be allowing all those different instruments yeah. uh, to to speak in and and help. I wonder if we ever if we're ever afraid to to open ourselves up to others' perspective for fear that they're wrong and we're right. I wonder if there's possibly more damage that could be done to our soul by just being someone who's completely non-trusting and closed off. You know, when you're looking at a kind of a risk analysis, like. Maybe it'd be better at the end of the day to open yourself up to the the counsel and the the vulnerability of another. I forget I forget where it's at in the Proverbs, but I think it's even a couple of times that it mentions the wisdom in a multitude of counselors. Oh yeah. And so the well, I don't know. This may be. And hear me. There are uh, kind of tainted uh, uh, perspectives uh, that you can get. I've found it very reassuring to get a similar kind of message from even just two different individuals. Yeah. And yes, you know, I really, God is speaking here. You know, I'm in scripture, perhaps Peter, perhaps my dad, my wife, whomever, my pastor. Yeah, I've talked on a, on a subject uh, with them and they're kind of all coming at it, you know, from all of their various vantage points. <laughs> and it sounds more like option A over option B. Yeah. And it's very affirming and it's, it's very liberating in that sense, you know, to, to use kind of the checks and balance terminology. There's some checks to it, uh, which is, which is good. It's hard to get all that. Again, it, uh, that takes time. That takes effort. That takes willingness, uh, to even seek all that counsel. You know, we all, you and I talk about margin in our lives, which none of us have a, a great deal of, I'm sure. But yeah, it takes time and effort to get the counsel. Absolutely. And we need to be willing to, to do that. I need to be willing to do that. So if you want to apply this lesson, think of who God has put in your life, whether they're a mentor, somebody who it's like, yeah, you're, you're in my life much for the reason of, of helping me stay on track. You know, maybe it's someone else, just like a boss or a parent, a friend, a sibling, a spouse. Just take track. Are you someone who receives what people says and puts it into action or do you shuck everything like corn and just Say, no, I I got it figured out. Or maybe you have good intentions to follow what people say and accept counsel, but you never get around to it. That doesn't do much good either. So, Closing thoughts on being teachable, Mr. Braddock. So for me, just asking God to continue to help me to be teachable each day. Uh, It's it's an ongoing challenge. You know, it it hits right at my pride and and self-centeredness and self, I'm my own man and own boss and that kind of thing. And so just asking God to, to help each day. Cool. We think people will find this helpful too. And that's making disciples just as part of being a part of a local church. So, Kevin, I wanted you to talk about this one because while 
you've been getting help from Peter as your mentor kind of outside of your church through relationships that go all the way back to your college roots, correct? Mm -hmm. From what I've known of you, ever since you've been out of college, whether it was at Heritage or remind me of where y'all go now? Hillside Baptist. Hillside. Regardless where they're at, that seems to be where you've plugged in. And I know you've also done some stuff in the workplace. But So for the person who's listening right now and they're saying, I want to make disciples, when I stand before the Lord, I want him to, I want to be able to say that I didn't just engage in Christian activity or even Christian community, but that I made disciples and I want to do it in the context of where I'm going to church. Would you kind of give a little bit of your story and also some encouragement, maybe challenges? Has everyone you've ever been under the same church roof with had the same vision as you? So I would say the church background for me the, the last several years has stretched my my understanding and perspective and, and even my, my pursuits of discipleship in the church. You know, in, in our college days, we kind of had a, a pretty uh, defined you know, method and types of things you're doing with people and, you know, how often a week you meet and for how long and person A is discipling person B. Very structured. Very, very structured and nothing wrong with that. No. Uh, But not everybody is is signing up for that. So that being said, you know, uh, discipleship has looked different in those ways over the years. Some of that is not so great in my mind. and, And the other things are just expanding my perspective so one of the things on the church front that we found over the years is, uh, and not a new concept, we're just kind of living out the ideas that we've had shared with us over the years, but uh, Sunday school groups and kind of the, the small group Bible study and having those be places where you're feeding into people the word, you're, you know, seeing who's showing up from week to week, uh, you know, who's interested, who's asking questions, building relationships, grabbing lunches as you can after church. And over time, it's, it's the fishing pool concept. Who's really interested in, in going deeper? And we've had two or three people in the last uh, several years that have come from those, those Sunday school classes that my wife, uh, in the case with one of the gals, and so my wife was uh, able to fish from this pool, so to speak, and, yeah. and there's a gal that she's been meeting with for a few years now. And in my case, there's a gentleman that's uh, come through our Sunday school class and he and I, again, it's it's not the structure. Uh, he's at UCO. I, I work downtown. So we have, and he's graduated high school now, so he's not even at Hillside anymore. But those were relationships that began at Hillside in that Sunday school class that we've now been able to, to kind of transfer into just the relationship that we have with one another. We're able to uh, grab lunch and talk about what the Lord's doing in our lives and uh, where we're going from here. Again, we have that uh, topic coming up, but the different seasons, well, he's uh, engaged now. And so getting to talk with him about that next step for him and uh, meet his fiance and, and just kind of walk him through that next phase of his life. The, the structure side is, is different. It's always based on the, our common commitment to Christ and what uh, he's doing in our lives, getting in the word as, uh, as much as possible when we are together. It's always a, well, I say always, it can be a struggle. Sometimes you're just, you know, catching up on life, but how's God speaking here? What, you know, what's he been showing you from the word? So making uh, those, whenever you do have a meeting, regardless of how much you're in the scriptures, you're making that time intentional. You're not, you're not just letting the comfortable, you're not just letting the conversation be 
the things that flow easily to the mind, but saying, hey, here's some things I really want to make sure you're encouraged in and I need you to encourage me in right now. Yeah, exactly. It's like it takes maybe just a little more effort than just casual conversation. What's been on Netflix lately? Yeah. It's been a tricky thing. And as I know, uh, you and I've talked and as I've been listening to some of the other uh, deep water podcasts, you know, discipleship and especially one on one, you know, you have to be real intentional to make it happen. And it again, as I've already even been saying today, it, it may look different than you had planned, but different people are at different places. And so understanding that my structure and my vantage point of how this relationship and that's just it is all of these are relationships and every relationship is going to look different. And so, OK, you know, I've got a relationship at, at work and that's actually right now probably the, the discipleship relationship that's most consistent and specific things that we do together. But these ones uh, from the Sunday school group that I'm talking about, it's kind of hard to keep our meetings regular uh, when the meetings aren't regular. It's hard to get a particular Bible study even queued up for that time together. Because half the meetings are just kind of catching up on, you know, what life things are, are going on, which is, yeah. which is necessary. It's, uh, that's good. But one of the things that even just last week, I was uh, actually the gentleman that I was meeting with, he brought it up. You know, he's up for doing a, a study with me. And that was just very refreshing that it speaks to he isn't just wanting to catch up on life stuff and, and leave it there, but he's wanting to, to go deeper yeah. and, and engage in an intentional way in this relationship with me. And so, again, that mentor, mentee, and whose roles is, who has what role, and, uh, you know, certainly on my heart, but it takes two to tango. This is a, a give-and-take relationship. It's not as refined as I would like, but that I don't know that my picture of refined is really the reality that most people have. You know, my kids, my <laughs> wife, uh, somewhat jokingly, uh, you know, says, man, they, they're their own people. They have their own ideas. Yeah. And well, yes, they do. And these people that we're, that we're meeting with, that, that we're friends with, God's working in them. He has them on, on their path. And, and absolutely, he's brought them into my life. But I need to be sensitive back to our te- teachable uh, conversation. I need to be understanding that I may just be a small link in, in their chain. Yes. And uh, they may not be open to any and everything discipleship-wise that I could give. I can give this piece or this topic. I can work where where God has given me the the realm in as large a way as that is or as small a way as that is. I need to be doing my part to be intentional in those areas mm. and content that God has given me this opportunity in this particular arena. Something you just said right here, being content with what opportunity you have to speak in other people's lives, maybe... When you say for the person making disciples in the church, it's almost kind of like a honeybee where you, you go and you just don't walk into the church with this attitude of, I'm going to receive, I'm going to get a sermon, I'm going to get a lesson, but hey, I'm here to help pollinate other flowers. I'm here to, to encourage people. Like when the church does the obligatory five minute handshaking with the piano playing in the background or the worship band now whatever have you, you know, that's not just a time for me to shake a few hands and stand there like, who can I encourage? Who can I engage? How can I give to as many relationships as possible while I'm, while the doors are open here? Yeah, exactly. I've been on both sides of that five minutes of time. I'll I'll say squander it and 
<laughs> Not, when is this going to be over? So we yeah. can just sing the hymn and sit down. Exactly. <laughs> you know, get get these this, these essential obligatory uh, handshakes out of the way and and move on. But yeah, there there will be glimpses of time where I go. I need to see Joe Bob, you know, and he's you know fifteen people over from me, and can I wiggle my way to to find him? <laughs> it's going to be awkward uh, because <laughs> there's there's a next exactly, but there's there are things that I need to talk to him about. You know, how did this go this this last week? And you know, hey, uh, you know, when can we get together next week? Or that next bit of conversation of whatever we next need to be doing or current thing that yeah. I need to be asking about or or what have you. But the kind of the next thing in that relationship development with this individual, uh, and you have to work at that. And yeah. I, I have to work at it and, and, and even think about it, you know, have it on my mind and work to, to make it happen, to be yeah. intentional with the time, not not just spend it. So I think a couple of things that are surfacing on this topic is, one, when we first started talking about making disciples in the church, I feel like the direction it was taking was, you know, you use the term fishing pool, like church can be a place where we identify individuals that can either speak into our lives or we can speak into their lives. We would think that in a church we can all speak into each other's lives and, and all receive, but some I say some individuals who especially we could do some focused encouragement with or receive encouragement. So that kind of seemed in a way like... The relationship starts at church, but then it's carried forth outside the context of, you know, in your own free time. And now we're kind of switching to, hey, the doors are open Sunday morning from nine to noon. Who can I equip? Who can I speak a word of affirmation into? Who can I love while I'm, while the doors are open, basically, and we're having this interaction before we all get in our cars and drive home? Yeah, it's maximizing the time wherever you are. There's a reality of, and my, my wife and I struggle with this at times, but we're kind of in a traditional church. It's Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You know, that's when those church individuals are going to be at this particular location. And we can, you know, moan and, and bellyache about the fact that those are the times and even the location that they've picked and to some extent, we may structure some of our life differently, and certainly we do. You know, my wife uh, has a study that she does on another night of the week rather than Wednesday. But there's nothing wrong either with, hey, you know, these folks are all going to be, I'm going to be able to see them because they're going to be there anyway on yeah. Sunday morning. Well, I cannot make the most of that time. You know, Wednesday night, well, I just assumed that it'd be Thursday night. Well, but they're going to be together Wednesday night. Might as well... uh now, I do have to be more intentional uh, with that time because I can get bombarded with people that are just wanting to talk about the next committee meeting or, you know, event that's OU you know, football. Pot, potluck or, or OU football. That's right. You know, any kind of thing, which are all decent things, but the intentional things that I'm wanting to work on with individuals that I would be seeing that night or that morning or whatever, I need to be intentional to, to get the time and, and make the effort and, and try to make it happen even even during those church times. And that's a start. It can't be the the end with a lot with some of these things. You know, there's a a guy from our again back to our Sunday school, a guy I'm trying to reach into better. And if it's just on Sunday mornings that I'm, hey Joey, I'll make make up his name. Uh, hey hey Joey, uh, you know how's the week been going? And and uh, hey, we should get together sometime. And then uh, if the following Sunday it's, hey Joey, how was this week? And yeah, we still should get together sometime. 
and but I never actually get the sometime you know put together or or he doesn't well that's anyway the the it can't end there. Uh, I need to do well to to make well of the of the rest of the the week, uh, but certainly I can uh, maximize. That was a lot of a lot of words to say. Uh, <laughs> I can maximize uh, still the church time, even on an individual level with people. Gotcha. I think some themes we see coming out of this. It's uh, we. I think we use this I word a lot. Intentional. If you're rolling your eyes at the repeated use of the word intentional, then just bear with us. But. I can't think of many synonyms for it, so we're going to have to keep going with that one. It seems to be being intentional. It's not, hey, I'm going to church today. We do this every week. The kids were nuts in the car. I'm so glad I dumped them off at Sunday school. My wife's mad because I spilled coffee in the car. And, oh, yeah, here's this guy. Oh, I got to say hi to him. And, oh, now we're doing the handshake. And, okay, let's hurry and get home because, um, you know, we've got roast in the oven. Bye. It's going to church and saying, you know what? I'm on mission when I'm in this church. That's it. I'm not. No, no, no. no. We don't. We're not just on mission when we're at work or when we're going on the trip to Mexico or, <laughs> or China. It's like, no, I'm on mission when I'm in this church. I'm here to have open ears, to be teachable, to hear what God would have to say to me. I'm also here to encourage whoever he puts in my path. And if I need to get over a little bit of internal fear or kind of put myself out there to speak an encouraging word to someone or that's what I'm going to do because I'm, I'm not here for me. And you may find that when you're there that a lot of people aren't doing that because we're all humans. We're all internally focused. I know back at uh, the church I grew up in, there's one guy in particular, Ron Shannon. One thing that I feel like really distinguishes Ron is... Whenever I go home, he makes a point to shake my hand, and he'll say, like, how are you doing? But he always speaks some really affirming word into my life. He might say, like, you know, we're proud of you. God's using you for great things. Stay the course. Take care of that family. It's either a word of affirmation or something he's, here's another good Christian word, exhorting me to. And it's almost, in a way, awkward because, you know, we're we're more comfortable with the small talk. So be willingness, would you say, Kevin, to, you know, not be a freak, but kind of be unnormal a little bit. If normal is let's all go up, hear the sermon and go home, maybe we don't want to be normal. Maybe we want to be a little bit bolder and make sure that people are getting affirmed, people are getting loved, that are getting encouraged in ways they can appreciate and will help them. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Yeah. As you were talking, I know we're kind of closing up this topic, but a particular subject came up in my mind. My dad and just a day or two ago, my wife brought up uh, some individuals in the church that they kind of pass, you know, have some sort of contact with, but don't know them deeply. And again, this is all relationship and just we're in different stages. And that's true of, of all of our relationships even ones that are very well-developed discipleship fronts. Uh, but in any case, you know, kind of the next steps with some of these folks, what my dad had brought up uh, a week or two back was, I want to, Johnny, whatever, uh, I want to get some time with you, and I want to hear your story. That's his objective, mm. is just to hear, hmm. you know, how, cool. how God's worked in him and, and yeah. you know, where he went to school and how he, where he grew up. And, man, that's time that my dad's taken. That's yes effort that he's making to make it happen. But man, the, the degree, I mean, your story that you just shared of Ronnie, Ron Shannon, Ron, it, that speaks to you, you know, that even just that intentional on his part, 
of asking you those questions. I mean, that, that spoke into your life. That oh, yeah. continues to speak into your life. Stakes and, to my ribs. Yeah. And as my dad was talking about this and, and as my wife was uh, talking about a, a gal that she's uh, wanting to reach out to, uh, you know, I suggested, hey, this is what my dad's doing. Uh, you should get her story, you know, sit down with her with no no agenda on this one. <laughs> uh, but just, you know, what's what's your story? I want to know about you. Uh, just that personal touch, so to speak, that I'm interested in this life. You're a, you're a life created by God, and God has you uniquely designed and uniquely placed and uniquely timed, and he's allowing me to brush shoulders with you in this stage of life. And what's he doing in you? I want to hear. I'm interested. And you know, who knows uh, what kind of doors down the road that opens for that relationship, you with, with that other person, but... But boy, does that speak into that person at that time that yeah. somebody's somebody's interested. You know, they want they want to know. Your story with Ron was was encouraging and reminded me of, of those uh, those things with my wife and and dad. I need to do that too. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy uh, that same Sunday school fellow that I can do that with. That'd be good. I think two points that are rising to the surface as we close on this topic are: no interaction is too short or unredeemable to show people the love of God. Or maybe even to receive some encouragement, some of God's love from other people. And two, it sounds like in, in those kind of interactions, you're essentially telling that person, like, I'm interested in a relationship with you. Like, I, I want to make a room for you in my life. Like, some of that's implored. It would seem kind of odd to sit down and ask about someone's life, but never make time for them again. Yes. So the question is, will we, can we, and will we make room for relationships in our life for the purpose of of helping others become more like Christ and for helping ourselves become more like Christ. I think that's going to be a big challenge for everyone. Is there room for each other? Do we have room for each other outside those normal 9 to noon, 6 to 7 Wednesday night? Can we make room for each other outside of that? Absolutely. Or are we you know, so encumbered with getting home to pot roast and chores and that takes creativity. Yeah. The chores need to be done. The, the pot roast, uh, you, know, to be you, you, you do need to get it out of the oven. Um, maybe you start it an hour later. You know, maybe it's a little browner. But but the point is that you be willing. Philippians 2, 3, and 4, do nothing out of self-submission or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. You do have own interests, and those are important. And absolutely, they are. And they're not the only thing that should catch our interest. We should be living beyond ourselves more than, more like than we probably, probably are. Living beyond ourselves. Yeah. I like that. Well, Kev, I'm glad that you agreed to talk about that subject. Thanks. Absolutely. Well, there you go. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I did. Now, going back to the question I asked you at the beginning... Did you catch what it is and how it is that Kevin is finding people to disciple? If you didn't, go back and listen to that. Now, the reason I say that, and I just brought special attention to it, when I go back through the statistics of our episodes, the episode that always has one of the most listens to is entitled, How to Find People to Disciple. And so it seems to be one of the big issues. And so I just wanted to listen to it because he has a pretty good way of doing it. Anyway, go back and listen if you didn't get to it. Other than that, we appreciate you guys. Go and make disciples. If there's something we do to help you, let us know. Until next time, see you.